the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old. The Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host. A full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar playing all-around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Soapy Dollar. Welcome aboard, everyone. Thanks for joining us for this edition of The Bible Live. Special edition. It's always special. Well, it's always special. Let's leave it at that. But secondly, it's always special when we start a new book. We have finished the Gospel of Mark, the second of the four Gospels in the New Testament. What a tremendous journey that was to observe the life of Yeshua. We're turning from one Yeshua to another. We're going to go from the New Testament, Yeshua HaMashua, the Messiah, back to uh, his namesake, back to the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, and pick up on the life and experiences of the people of Israel. They have gotten a new leader. His name is Joshua, which means salvation, or the Lord saves. Joshua now is leading the people. He is a military genius, it has been said. Some of the tactics and strategies he employed in the conquest of Canaan, the Promised Land, have been studied at West Point, even our modern military academies, even to our day. A brilliant tactician, a very inspirational leader. Most of all, though, he was faithful in his calling to trust and obey the Lord. We'll watch that as Joshua now leads the people of Israel. After the 40 years of wandering, after the book of Deuteronomy, remember that Moses delivered those messages in the last weeks of his life. 
Then he died, and they spent a month mourning his death. Tonight, we'll see as they move across the Jordan River to begin the invasion and the conquest. There are two divisions of Joshua. The first 12 chapters have to do with entering and conquering the promised land. The second 12 chapters have to do with the distribution of the promised land to the different tribes. I'll take us back to where this whole idea of the promised land came from, back into the book of Genesis, back to the life of Abraham many centuries before We'll look at that in just a moment. Right now, though, let's go to our wisdom and worship segment back from the Proverbs. As we've gone back to the Old Testament, we step back to the book of the Psalms, chapter 41. When we're sick or when everyone deserts us, God remains at our side. Psalm 41. Oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them in times of trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. He gives them prosperity and rescues them from their enemies. The Lord nurses them when they are sick and eases their pain and discomfort. O Lord, I prayed, have mercy on me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. But my enemies say nothing but evil about me. How soon will he die and be forgotten, they ask. They visit me as if they are my friends, but all the while they gather gossip, and when they leave, they spread it everywhere. All who hate me whisper about me imagining the worst for me. Whatever he has, it is fatal, they say. He will never get out of that bed. Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food, has turned against me. Lord, have mercy on me. Make me well again so I can pay them back. I know that you are pleased with me, for you have not let my enemy triumph over me. You have preserved my life because I am innocent. You have brought me into your presence forever. Bless the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives forever from eternal ages past. Amen and amen. End of reading Psalm 41. The crowd is kind and quick to pull you. Welcome to the middle ground. This is the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. And until now, it's where I've been Cause it's been fear That ties me down to everything But it's been love Your love That cuts the strings So long, status quo I think I just let go You make me wanna be brave Brave Courage. That's what it's going to take now as the people of Israel face the great task of entering into the promised land. Tremendous step of faith for them as a people. This is not play. This is real war. Men and women will die. This is a great book for the military ministry of Crew Ministries to sponsor. We are part of the Ministries of Crew, Campus Crusade for Christ, and the military ministry here in our own city and across the nation with our military personnel. The role of soldier, the role of the military is honored, respected. It is sanctioned and endorsed by God himself. Sometimes we have to resist evil, even physically, even to the death. The experience of Joshua goes way back into the book of Genesis, chapter 12, when God promises to bless Abraham and make his descendants into a great nation. God says he will choose the right time for Israel to enter Canaan in Genesis chapter 15. Four or five hundred years before this time, 
God told Abraham that your descendants are going to be kept captive in a foreign land for 400 years. They will be released, and then they'll come to this land of Canaan, and I will give that land to you because the nations living there will be so wicked, and they will be ripe then for judgment. So God is using the people of Israel here as an instrument of judgment on depravity, perversion, and immorality, and wickedness, and cruelty of every kind here in Canaan among these people groups. Modern archaeology shows this definitely to be true in this particular region. So God uses the people of Israel as an instrument of judgment on them. In Genesis 17, God promises to give all the land of Canaan to Abraham's descendants, Now, remember that when the people of Israel become so decadent themselves, so perverse and so wicked and immoral, God casts them out as well. He uses an even more wicked nation to judge their sins. So this is not favoritism in any way. Now, in Deuteronomy, they're told to be an example of right living to the whole world. And, of course, this would not work if they intermingled and lost their identity among the wicked Canaanite peoples. God tells Joshua to lead the Israelites into the promised land. They are to make war, to drive them out of the land, not only for Israel, but it was part of the redemptive plan of God. Remember, this little people group that God has chosen in his sovereignty, not because of their goodness or their greatness or anything special at all. He has chosen in his grace and mercy to use them as an instrument of revelation of himself to the nations of the world. And it takes place right here in this little piece of real estate. And, of course, finally, to bring the Redeemer himself, Jesus the Messiah, the later Joshua, Yeshua himself, into the world through this people. So with all of that background, let's go to our reading tonight from the book of Joshua, chapters 1 through 5, here on The Bible Live. book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, 15. Joshua 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Now that my servant Moses is dead, you must lead my people across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Everywhere you go, you will be on land I have given you, from the Negev Desert in the south to the Lebanon Mountains in the north. From the Euphrates River on the east to the Mediterranean Sea on the west, and all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand their ground against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will lead my people to possess all the land I swore to give their ancestors. Be strong and very courageous. Obey all the laws Moses gave you. Do not turn away from them, and you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of the law continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you may be sure to obey all that is written in it. Only then will you succeed. I command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua then commanded the leaders of Israel, Go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, Remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has given you this land. Your wives, children, and cattle may remain here on the east side of the Jordan River, but your warriors, fully armed, must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. Stay with them until the Lord gives rest to them as he has given rest to you, and until they too possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. 
Only then may you settle here on the east side of the Jordan River in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. They answered Joshua, We will do whatever you command us, and we will go wherever you send us. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses. And may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your word and does not obey your every command will be put to death. So be strong and courageous. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Joshua 2. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Acacia. He instructed them, spy out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who have come into your house. They are spies sent here to discover the best way to attack us. Rahab, who had hidden the two men, replied, The men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the city at dusk as the city gates were about to close, and I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath piles of flax. So the king's men went looking for the spies along the road leading to the shallow crossing places of the Jordan River. And as soon as the king's men had left, the city gate was shut. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone is living in terror, for we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all their families. We offer our own lives as a guarantee for your safety, the men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep our promise when the Lord gives us the land. Then, since Rahab's house was built into the city wall, she let them down by a rope through the window. Escape to the hill country, she told them. Hide there for three days until the men who are searching for you have returned. Then go on your way. Before they left, the men told her, We can guarantee your safety only if you leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window. And all your family members, your father, mother, brothers, and all your relatives must be here inside the house. If they go out into the street, they will be killed, and we cannot be held to our oath. But we swear that no one inside this house will be killed. Not a hand will be laid on any of them. If you betray us, however, we are not bound by this oath in any way. I accept your terms, she replied, and she sent them on their way, leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window. The spies went up into the hill country and stayed there three days. The men who were chasing them had searched everywhere along the road, but they finally returned to the city without success. Then the two spies came down from the hill country, crossed the Jordan River, and reported to Joshua all that had happened to them. The Lord will certainly give us the whole land, they said, for all the people in the land are terrified of us. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Joshua 3. Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite leaders went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, follow them. 
Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, Lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out. The Lord told Joshua, Today I will begin to make you great in the eyes of all the Israelites. Now they will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give these instructions to the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop. So Joshua told the Israelites, Come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. Think of it. The Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. The priest will be carrying the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. When their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut off upstream, and the river will pile up there in one heap. When the people set out to cross the Jordan, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now it was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water began piling up at a town upstream called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the city of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by them. They waited there until everyone had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Joshua 4 When all the people were safely across the river, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell the men to take twelve stones from where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan and pile them up at the place where you camp tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men and told them, Go into the middle of the Jordan, in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder, twelve stones in all, one for each of the twelve tribes. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future your children will ask, what do these stones mean to you? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a permanent memorial among the people of Israel. So the men did as Joshua told them. They took twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had commanded Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. Joshua also built another memorial of twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. The memorial remains there to this day. The priests who were carrying the Ark stood in the middle of the river until all of the Lord's instructions, which Moses had given to Joshua, were carried out. Meanwhile, the people hurried across the riverbed, and when everyone was on the other side, the priests crossed over with the Ark of the Lord. The armed warriors from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh led the Israelites across the Jordan, just as Moses had directed. These warriors, about 40,000 strong, were ready for battle, and they crossed over to the plains of Jericho in the Lord's presence. That day the Lord made Joshua great in the eyes of all the Israelites, and for the rest of his life they revered him as much as they had revered Moses. 
the Lord had said to Joshua, Command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant to come up out of the riverbed. So Joshua gave the command, and as soon as the priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came up out of the riverbed, the Jordan River flooded its banks as before. The people crossed the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, the month that marked their exodus from Egypt. They camped at Gilgal, east of Jericho. It was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the twelve stones taken from the Jordan River. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future your children will ask, What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so that all the nations of the earth might know the power of the Lord, and that you might fear the Lord your God forever. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Joshua 5. When all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings who lived along the Mediterranean coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan River so the people of Israel could cross, they lost heart and were paralyzed with fear. At that time, the Lord told Joshua, Use knives of flint to make the Israelites a circumcised people again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the entire male population of Israel at Gibeath Haraloth. Joshua had to circumcise them because all the men who were old enough to bear arms when they left Egypt had died in the wilderness. Those who left Egypt had all been circumcised, but none of those born after the exodus during the years in the wilderness had been circumcised. The Israelites wandered in the wilderness for forty years until all the men who were old enough to bear arms when they left Egypt had died. For they had disobeyed the Lord, and the Lord vowed he would not let them enter the land he had sworn to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So Joshua circumcised their sons who had not been circumcised on the way to the promised land, those who had grown up to take their father's places. After all the males had been circumcised, they rested in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that place has been called Gilgal to this day. While the Israelites were camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they celebrated Passover on the evening of the fourteenth day of the first month, the month that marked their exodus from Egypt. The very next day they began to eat unleavened bread and roasted grain harvested from the land. No manna appeared that day, and it was never seen again. So from that time on the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. As Joshua approached the city of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man facing him with sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you friend or foe? Neither one, he replied. I am commander of the Lord's army. At this Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for this is holy ground. And Joshua did as he was told. End of reading Joshua 1 1 through 5 15. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Sing 
very dramatic moment in the Bible, very dramatic moment in the story of the people of Israel, and of course in the life of this one individual named Joshua. Remember, out of a million or possibly upwards of two million people, Caleb and Joshua are the only two who came out of Egypt 40 years before now going into the promised land. This is about 1,406 years before Christ. As they take this step of faith to believe God had promised to their ancestors that he was going to give to them this land. God reinforces that message to Joshua himself, giving him that encouragement in those 18 verses. In the first chapter, four times God says, be strong and very courageous. Trust in God gives us courage. There's a time of great fear in America and perhaps even in the world fear of natural calamities and disasters, overpopulation, all kinds of fears. The enemy uses fear as an instrument, but God frees us and liberates us from that fear because of his promise of faithfulness to us, his promise of protection and guidance. Now, in chapter 2, two spies are sent into the land. I wonder why two and not 12. (laughs) Do you think Joshua remembered back? We had a little bad experience last time we sent out 12 spies. So he sends out two spies, and he sends them out secretly. They go to this inn, this hotel on the wall of Jericho, this walled city. They find this lady named Rahab. Now, in the New Living Translation, it is translated to the house of a prostitute. Some say there's reason to believe that that was not a prostitute, but an innkeeper. The words are used interchangeably at times. But Rahab clearly has been prepared by God. She says, we remember 40 years ago how God brought you out of Egypt, how he parted the Red Sea. Either she's that old and remembers it herself, or that story has stayed alive about what God is doing with this strange nomadic group that's wandering around in the Sinai Desert. Rahab remembered that story and remembered that it had to do with God. Their God brought them out of Egypt. Her entire presentation there is very theological. She remembers stories from 40 years before in her youth, perhaps, when God did this for this people. She believed that they followed and knew the true and living God, and she acted on that faith in protecting these spies and even misleading her superiors. And then, as I promised, her life is preserved. Actually, she ends up in the lineage of Jesus the Messiah. I've always felt she must have married someone relatively high up in Israel, I have learned from Jewish sources that very strong tradition that she married, in fact, Joshua himself. These are the sort of things we can talk about a little bit more on our weekend program, the Bible Live Quiz Show. These same passages we're reading here on the weeknights in those 90 minutes, we get to talk a little bit more at length about these events that we read about. All right, then we go through this preparation for the battle. We'll get into the battle itself in chapter 6 in our next reading. But notice all of these preparations, not about sharpening your sword, get out and practice your marching, getting all your weapons fixed up. I assume some of that took place. This is shortly before the battle. They're getting things ready. Notice that almost all of the preparation is spiritual, to prepare their hearts to fight bravely with the assurance of God's protection. The commander of the Lord's armies. Many believe that this was a pre-incarnate appearance by the Son of God himself, a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. Whether an angel, a man, it is clear here that this was speaking on the part of God, with the authority of God, and Joshua did as he's told. 
Are you friend or foe, he says. Neither one. Not whether God is on our side, it's whether we are on God's side, right? That's an important thing. We can talk about it this weekend. See you the tomorrow. Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word.